0: You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're so happy you're here today. Thanks for joining us. I'm leanne Dolan. I'm a writer and producer in Pasadena, California. And I've got the question of the moment, you guys. Pumpkin spice or apple cinnamon? Liz,
1: Whoa, what's okay. your answer to that? Pumpkin right. spice
0: or apple cinnamon?
2: I, I'm not a big flavors person in general, but if I was forced to choose one, 100% it's apple cinnamon. I don't, pumpkin spice, no, no. You can't make me. <laughs> okay.
0: That's my sister, Liz Dillon, in Santa Monica, California. Liz, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank I'm you. Happy you're here Thank, you for, I thank mean- you for having
2: me. Yeah, I'm actually in Cape Cod today, but oh. uh, usually living in Santa Monica. Okay. Okay.
1: We're going to hear more about that later. And Julie, how about you? Pumpkin Whoa. spice or
0: apple cinnamon?
1: Liz, oh. that was a long, complex response to the answer <laughs> there. Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to admit I've never tasted pumpkin spice. And I want to keep it that way, Liam. Okay. Oh, really? No, right. That's Even that's,
0: in anything, forget nothing. the latte. I've okay. never, I know, I'm afraid your of it. Hmm, afraid no. of it.
1: Uh uh-uh, uh. I'm not touching it. I stay away from it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's my position. Julie Dolan, oldest sister, Dallas, Texas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Ooh, Liam, did have you some... answer?
0: No, I haven't answered. I mean, I was going to. And, you know, say apple cinnamon, I'm just a big apple fan, a big cinnamon fan, but I, I'd like to throw a little love pumpkin spices way because
1: <laughs> you're only saying that because I won't taste it. I know yeah. that.
0: No, I just, I like it in everything, but coffee, like I love the pumpkin and then you add some spices. Sure. Oh, great. Great. A, a quick bread. Sure. That sounds delicious. A muffin, a cookie. Great. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I need it in my, you know, Cheez-Its, but, uh, but, uh, you know, in general. Okay. All right. Well, that's very interesting. You're open to it. You're
2: open to pumpkin spice. <laughs> very open in to it. The way that Julie is not.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, today on the show, Liz, you are in Cape Cod. So we're going to yes. hear about your Silver Summit weekend. You have mm-hmm. uh, you have some observations there about getting together with your friends, correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, Julie, you have Tuesday Trends for us. What a list.
1: You have. Right. And something is happening with jeans again. So stay tuned. Okay. It's going to impact us all and not in a good way okay all right and i
0: have a rock and roll art heist story because what's better than a good art heist story nothing that's true we have exciting news about our dallas event if you are interested in coming to the um, dallas book event where i will be at and julie will also be at we have a link for you that we're going to share uh then we have some entertaining sisters recommendations and a few other a few other oh we have a very special birthday wish at the end of the show. Stay tuned for a very special birthday, wish. But first, of course, we have to talk about uh, The Queen's Funeral, a magnificent production this week. And we were treated to just a really unusual bird's eye view. Nicole, on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. She kept us up to date. She was there and she was there because she willed herself to be there. She was having passport issues. She's a big Anglophile. She wanted to go. She managed to get her passport expedited, get on a plane, stand in the queue for 36 hours, sleep out on the streets of London and provide us with up to the minute personalized coverage of the royal funeral, and it was something. So Nicole, our hats are off to you because that was amazing coverage that you gave us. We hope that you didn't feel pressure, uh, Nicole, <laughs> Nicole. Yes, we hope, but we appreciated all the close-up photographs you took. It was wonderful. Were you guys checking out her stuff?
1: Yes, it was okay. like having a family member there, wasn't it? I <laughs> yes. mean, I was so proud of Nicole. I told all my friends about <laughs> Nicole too. You know, I mean, I just was. It was so exciting that she did that. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous that I didn't do that. Yeah. But I'm very, very proud of her. Yeah. Thank goodness for
2: you, Nicole, because she was also giving
1: us I didn't need some other
2: royal expert oh. British person. You know, I, I wanted Nicole's point of view, American Anglophile on the ground. She was doing a lot of negotiation with her fellow Q line standards uh, and, you know, getting to know them. She was getting interviewed by media from all over the world, meeting people from all over the world. At one point, she put out a call for, I can't leave the line or I can't leave my spot on the mall. Can anyone bring me an American flag? I mean, she was working it. That's all I can say. (laughs) Nicole, you were working it. Hats off to you. And she got super close. I mean, right. Really close up pictures of royals on walkabouts and claret colored cars going by. Everything you would want uh, from an American Anglophile POV.
0: I'm sure she's uh, preparing to go back for the coronation, which yes. I guess is in the spring. In the spring. So, Nicole, thank you. That was really great work. If you haven't been able to check out Nicole's pictures, join our Facebook group. It's a private group over there. You just have to answer the questions. Just search us on Facebook, answer the questions, and you're in. She's got a lot of fun posts. But, Julie, what do you think in general of the Queen's funeral?
1: Well, my first thought, sisters, is I, I thought how much uh, our mom and dad would just have loved the funeral don't you? you can't yeah I mean I can really uh, imagine the phone call from my mother our mother you know just going over everything that they watched on tv every detail you know everything you know making up British facts but nonetheless just you know in really savoring it because the queen was of their of her, their generation uh so I think they felt even closer to the queen than we did don't you think mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, she would have mom would have reported on it as if we hadn't seen it at all. So, yeah. Like she would exactly. be telling as if she was letting yes. us in on a few secrets. Mm-hmm. And then there's no doubt that the moment with the corgis would have. Yes. been Totally. Just a very special moment for her.
2: Yes.
1: So yeah. uh, so that mom also that, would
2: have just commented on the, what, the excellent use of flags because, yes. you know, She she loved a flag. She loved a flag statement. And boy, did they make a lot of flag statements. Yes. And the flowers. And and of course, lovely vestments. Mom and dad always appreciate, you know, vestments. Yes,
1: (laughs) it's true. So I I had just I you know, I had a really sweet moment just thinking about both of them. But for me, I I did get up early. I'm an early bird, as you both know. And I was actually um, surprised how emotional it was for me to watch um, the services because I, I just, I mean, I was thinking it was going to be more like a news event, but there was something about the processions, uh, about just the pace of the procession, the drums, the bagpipes that I found, you know, it was, you just really. Uh, could uh, could understand the respect, the mourning that was going on. It was really, really beautiful. I love the two religious um, ceremonies that I saw. So um, And that the pallbearers, I mean, they were so dignified and they had such a difficult job and yet they made it, you know, they brought, again, so much dignity, grace, and strength to what they did that it really was amazing. And when they brought out that horse uh, when oh, they were no, the, uh, the pony, the f- yeah, pony, the pony, Emma, you know, with uh, the queen's scarf. Uh, I just I really choked up. I really I, re- I did. And I didn't expect uh, to get that emotional, but it really was a beautiful religious ceremony. It was a beautiful event for, you know, the whole world to experience. And I think many people did. So uh, I won't forget yesterday at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Liz
1: what were your favorite
0: parts
2: well I um, luckily for me eastern time zone in Massachusetts so uh, it was 5 30 a.m not 2 30 which it would have been if I was home in Santa Monica so there were three of us left here at the Silver Summit my friend Judy who owns the home we're staying in my college roommate Adrian and me so we got up at 5 30 and I it was just a special shout out to Adrian who made scones for us at 5 30 oh that's nice nice so that was enjoyable i enjoy yeah i thought it was very interesting to watch i especially loved all of the the windsor stuff the lead up to windsor when you were on those rural roads and you saw the people standing there and then of course the dogs yeah the dogs um so cute but one thing i thought about a lot because i also was thinking of mom and dad you know, they kept talking about how the family, once all the cameras were turned off, that they would have their own private ceremony. And I was thought thinking about what it was like for us after mom's funeral, and then very shortly thereafter, dad's funeral, that we sort of went back to the house, our brother Jim's house. And that's where it gets, for us, it was, it was, relaxed, there was a lot of laughter, there were a lot of funny old stories, you know, and then of course, you know, a cold cut platter from Fortuna's on the post road. So I just started thinking like, I hope they can just laugh with each other after the, the funeral is over and just Get, it, get some kind of cold cut platter. For, I don't know what the Windsor equivalent of Fortunus is, but super casual, like noshing and laughing is what we did. And I wish that for them.
1: They must have been exhausted. Exhausted. They yeah, the looked end, exhausted. But- yeah, mm-hmm.
0: they did. They for for British people, they were looked emotional and then they looked exhausted. And I thought, how are the women standing in those shoes all day long? I mean, mm. that's uh, and I hope little Charlotte and George just got to jump up and down on the beds afterwards. <laughs> yes, they were. They did a fantastic. They job
1: were magnificent.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I agree, Liz. I, I hope they got some time to to process. I guess I guess they will now. So yes. um, so uh, so Nicole, again, thanks very much for sharing everything. A lot of people posting on the Facebook group, sharing their moments, sharing. I just like people who are just
1: shooting photos of their television and sharing those. <laughs> right, well, so, yeah. it really no, was. I did
2: that, I did that yeah. just to remember yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yes, it was a world. It was a worldwide event, Lian. It will yeah. never happen again. And it was extraordinary and magnificent. And so thank you, you know, that's what I have to say. Thank you to the British people for doing that, yeah. All right, Liz, what's what's up with the Silver Summit? So, So,
0: of course,
2: the other major event that deserves reporting on is the staging of a very successful Silver Summit. Now, if somehow you're behind on your episodes, okay, fine. Let me just explain. (laughs) I got together this past weekend on Cape Cod. Uh, There were six college friends together, me and five of my friends. We all turned 65 this year. We're all class of 79. We all turned sixty-five this year. So it was one of you, I can't remember which, who dubbed this a silver summit in a previous episode.
1: I did so, liz, yes. liz. I want full credit because I know you're going to copyright it. You're going to <laughs> you're going to market this. I just I wanted to go into the satellite sister sister history book. Okay. Yes. Carrie. Okay. On.
2: All right. So the way this all came to happen, though, which I think is really interesting, is that, you know, we started having regular Zoom calls, the six of us. There are actually seven of us, but one could not come to get a very, very busy doctor speaking at a conference. So, okay. All right. That's a good excuse. Um, so we had started regular Zoom calls during the pandemic. And so two years later, this is the first time this group has ever gotten together in any kind of way. So oh. it was really delightful. Oh, I didn't
1: know that. you. Yeah. So you haven't over the years since no. you graduated. No. Oh, okay. No. Well, well, good for I mean, you.
2: I've seen some of these individual people, but no, we never really had a summit, Julie. But a summit was called for now that we're 65. And so we did it. So uh, a few things I want to report back on. Number one was the merch, because you can't have a summit without merch. So I will be posting this in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group and on Instagram, but we did create a logo that says Silver Summit, and I use that logo to make shopping bags and a very special item I'll tell you about in a second, and in our store now. You can get your own satellite sister silver summit merch. So I just want to mention that. <laughs> See what I
1: mean, Leon? I'm going. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, but but one thing we don't have in our store that's impossible to put in our store for reasons I cannot explain. Um, Leon, you had suggested fanny pack was the way to go, right? Right, a- just would be fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I did find a place online where I could custom make fanny packs for everyone in the group and uh (laughs) but I wasn't the only one that made merch that's what I wanted to say my merch I was pretty impressed so I made these fanny packs that had our our logo on the front on the back it said Marston's Mills September 2022 because that's where we are and then on the top I had a little owl drinking coffee because when (laughs) When Emily did our graphics for that show and I was talking about how I don't want to be old, I want to be a Wily veteran. She used, she made a graphic of that and used an owl, which I'm now adopting as my own. So anyway, (laughs) it it was super cute. It was a big surprise. And people, you know, of course they listen to satellite sisters, so they know that fanny packs are back and everyone felt good about wearing their fanny pack. But then our friend Martha. She pulls out her merch. Here's the thing with Martha. She has recently acquired an embroidery machine, sisters. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, Impressive. Embroiders her own merchandise. So she made bags, um, which are fine because family packs and bags are two different categories. And uh, she created her own little Silver Summit logo bag with a sun and the sea on it which he handmade with like several different color threads. All I can say is when she was talking about that process, he mentioned the word bobbin, which I have not heard since the seventh grade. (laughs) It's true. And then people brought other things and there was food and wine. And Judy, who is our host, thought that, well, when you have a gathering like this, you always need some kind of ornament. So we are all going home with lobster ornaments. Classic. Great. That's a classic. So anyway, it was really good. People were very happy to be together. Um, here's one thing that surprised me. I mean, you you know, you just gab all weekend about everything, but there was a surprising amount of tech conversation. And you know, we talk about this a lot on Satellite Sisters: the importance of like keeping up with things and being modern women. And so, I, the number one source of conversation. Everyone except for me has an Apple Watch, it appears. And every time we did any kind of activity, finished it, started it, people were talking about what data they were gathering on their watch, about whatever (laughs) whatever thing we were doing. So if it was actual exercise, if it was just a stroll in Judy's beautiful neighborhood, whatever. A lot of data gathering on the Apple Watches and a lot of comparisons about what apps and what things and what settings and water and everything. So I don't know. I'm putting this out to you. Do I need to have an Apple watch to be
1: a modern woman? It's just a question.
2: That is, can wait.
1: I, I mean, it seems like if you just hang out with other people with Apple watches, you'll be good. to go. <laughs> yeah. Because they'll provide the data to you, right? Yeah.
2: Because okay. I, I kind of feel like I don't want any more places where I'm getting messages. That's my thing. Right. That's, that's why right. I don't, I don't want text messages on my wrist or phone calls on my wrist. Like, I'm trying to get away from all that stuff. But if I'm going to be left behind, we don't want that. So no. Anyway, so, so the Apple Watch is a situation. Number two, uh, Lian, this was something um, you had raised, and everybody heard it when you said it on the show. So, of course, we arranged the group of six to use Splitwise, the app that you suggested, where if you're like weekend, a girl's weekend and everybody's paying for different things, you just put all your, all your expenditures into the app and it tells you who owes what to whom. You use that, right?
0: Yeah, it was great. And I didn't, somebody in our group, again, we have a very techie app savvy group. And so the, those people were on it. It was very handy for sort of tallying up bills and everything at the end. It was some, right. Yes.
2: We only had one snafu Somebody who by accident put themselves into the app twice. So it meant things were getting split up incorrectly. So at one point we all had to delete and start again. <laughs> okay. uh-huh. but that always works with an app, you know, just take it off and start again. And when we worked to start again, highly recommend, I will say that somebody in the group, I I won't name names. Uh, you know, the math there's always a math nerd in the group who wants to double check the math. So also did all of the exact same entries into some Google sheets. So there was a whole spreadsheet that was doing the exact same exercise as splitwise. We didn't pay any attention to okay. it. Okay. That's literally the point of Splitwise. Yes, yes. You don't have to do that. Okay. People just wanted to to double check the math, Leanne. So so that was number two. Number three in the tech conversation, this is a little more more of a long shot, but I wanted to share this tip. During the weekend, uh, my college roommate, Adrienne, got a call from her husband at home in California that the microwave was not working because the buttons were no longer buttoning. You know, oh, he wow. was touching the thing, thing, the uh, w- w- whatever that would be. Touch called. screen. Yes. Yeah. Touching the touch screen was not doing any good. And so how do you how do you reset that? What do you do? So she did a little Googling mm-hmm. around. She found this very unlikely suggestion about how to fix that exact problem. And she instructed her husband over the phone that what you have to do is go get your hair dryer or her hair dryer in mm-hmm. this case. Uh put the hairdryer on the touch screen so you get it hot enough to massage the plastic but not so hot that it melts sisters you don't you don't want to melt it you (laughs) got to get it super hot and then you just you get it as hot as you can stand because then you're going to have to massage it with your fingers and you loosen everything up and then it just sort of solves itself.
1: That seems like a fire fire disaster waiting to happen. I I think we should just put a disclaimer. We are not recommending that you take a hairdryer and start blowing it on the touch screen of your microwave.
2: We were all laughing so hard. This seemed like such an outlandish suggestion and somewhat dangerous uh, to recommend it to, you know, a husband home alone. Um, Anyway. Surprise, surprise. I'm here to tell you. Next day, he texted back. It totally worked. <laughs> wow. So- so, that was quite a technological breakthrough for all of us. I wanted to pass that tip along. Mm-hmm. And then, in general, as far as like the socializing, I feel like we had our one giant accomplishment that was really our most important. At one point, we were strolling through the little shops. The next town over is Osterville. And we actually went into a hardware store to kind of look around. Our friend Sarah works in a hardware store. So, she wanted to share some hardware knowledge with us. So, we were in the hardware store, but then right Next door, there was a little dress shop. I think it's called Sarah Campbell, something like that. Anyway, we kind of wander into the little dress shop. We are not, as a group, shoppers, these are not the kind of ladies who would just, oh, let's go shopping. But somehow we found ourselves lured into this shop. And believe it or not, we had already had this lengthy conversation about the fact that Sarah was looking for an MOG dress, mother of the groom, and Ellen. Was looking for an MLB dress, uh, mother of the bride. They both need these for the spring. We go into the shop. Sarah Sarah holds up a dress. This is what I was thinking. Blah blah blah. But then Ellen, who now she's had submission, together the power of the six of us together, we actually found the perfect mother of the bride dress for one of the group.
1: Wow! Now That's what exciting. are the chances of that? No, what, rare. I mean, rare, rare, did not.
2: The wedding, Julie, is not until next Labor Day weekend for her. So just think of the emotional energy she is saving now uh, (laughs) by buying the dress now. Now, of course, her daughter might get to rule on whether this is appropriate. It's a short dress, but she's not very tall, looks super cute on her. So worst case scenario, uh, Ellen decided, is that if the daughter rules out short dress for the wedding, perfect for the rehearsal dinner. So we really felt like as a team, we came together and supported one of the team in one of the hardest decisions we all have to make in our age cohort, which is usually some kind of wedding garb. So anyway, it was triumphant. And now we've all gone home feeling like as a group, we accomplished something very important for one of us. So there you go. That's my report, successful Silver Summit.
0: Oh, Liz, I'm on the Sarah Campbell website. And there is a lot of really cute dresses yes. for Mothers of the Bride. Unusual ones are dressy, but unusual in yes. beautiful colors. All right. Very nice. Excellent. Good work. Good,
2: good report. I think it's Liz. kind
0: of a chain. There are a few around Oh, the okay. Window. I've never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. Either. Well, that's a common topic on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page is where do I get a mother of the bride or mother of the groom? Yes. Yes. So, uh, we should put this in the show notes, this website. Okay. <laughs> Oh, good idea. Okay, okay. I will do that. Right. Put that down. Put that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I was going to do a wedding dress story, but we're we're running a little long. So we'll just, we'll move on. And uh, up next will be Julie's Tuesday Trends. So stay with us. Liz and Leanne here. And we are so grateful to have Osea, Support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we... <laughs> sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And prose is spelled P-R-O-S-E, Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, prose. Okay, we're back. All right, Julie, you have Tuesday trends. Tuesday's uh, I mean, trend. You've been busy watching all the royal uh, festivities and now doing Tuesday trends. That's a lot of work.
1: I days. I know. I've been monitoring several outlets to uh, to bring this all together. But the first trend we're going to talk about was a story that was done in the New York Times this weekend, okay? This is it. Jeans on the young and the stylish. The new look is that the top button remains unbuttoned. Mm. Okay? Think of your jeans. Think of them zipped up, and then that button on the top. Uh, don't button it. Just roll it over. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is not a look. That, what the <laughs> that hey? Going. What the hey? Is there? I
0: mean, after the pandemic, most of my jeans don't button on the top. <laughs>
1: so
0: <laughs> actually could be a lifesaver for me I may embrace this
1: <laughs> okay okay it's a look Leanne and you know I was looking out at it, the young girls you know they're you know they've got the little uh tank tops on and they've got the unbuttoned jeans and you know what I say do it that's that's what I say okay yeah. like if you can pull that off sure, okay yeah you should do it because there's going to be a point in your life where you're not going to want to do it <laughs> yeah. uh so right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah no right. you're right mm-hmm This is uh, I'm all for it. I mean, uh, I don't. But here's here's what I was really worried about. They uh, they had a fashion editor for The New York Times and this whole unbuttoned Jean look, she feels that it is really the precursor to, to a return to low rise genes. Okay. Oh, no, please. Oh, no. Okay. Please. I know. <laughs> I said those words, Liz, low rise genes, which as we all know, those are really flattering on such a teeny tiny portion of the number of women in the world. That right, and it's teeny rise. tiny
2: women, not just teeny, a teeny t- tiny number. <laughs> Even
1: teeny tiny women can't always pull off the low rise gene look, but that, What that was a little disappointing to me. Okay, so I'm all for the unbuttoning. Okay, but we're not going back there to the low-rise jeans, are we? No. No. no, Okay. I mean, that's the good thing about the mom jeans, the baggy jeans. They're not low-rise jeans. Okay, anything but those. Uh, So we're going to have to keep monitoring the situation. We're going to have to keep bucking against the tide. You know, not to not to have those uh, come back to haunt us. Okay. Second trend for uh, for you, do you use Airbnb or uh, vacation rental by owners? Have you, have both yeah, of you, yeah, you've yes. done that. Okay, yes. so you know that when you rent those places, there's a cleaning fee sometimes uh, attached to it. And um, since the pandemic, the costs for cleaning fees, like, uh, for example, in Airbnbs has risen almost 10%. Okay, because perhaps there was more cleaning going on uh, due to COVID, they had to buy extra materials to clean, whatever. But the other thing that's happening now with Airbnbs is that the owners are asking the renters to do more when they leave, you know, like the little to do list, like, oh, hey, could you take the garbage out or hey, run the dishwasher, run the dishwasher, hey, (laughs) start a load of laundry. Well, now the list is even longer. Okay, now they're now they're like, yes, you have to take the garbage out or you might have to take the garbage home with you because we don't you know, we don't have a dumpster for you to uh, to take the garbage out or you have to do change all the sheets on the bed or you have to vacuum. And if you're renting, it's sort of an issue because, you know, you're getting a grade too as a guest. So Mm -hmm. you might, so I don't know. What do you think of this trend where owners of Airbnb are asking renters to do more to the places? Well,
2: no, I'm not doing that. I'm (laughs) not that. well, isn't that then just a regular rental house? Then that—that's what—that's what we used to do. When we just like rented a house or borrowed a house from a friend before you left, you'd obviously do the laundry, remake the beds, that that that. You right. we, but the whole point of paying for like some stranger and pay. Are they still instituting a cleaning fee? Or
1: well, not? they they like, may have a cleaning fee in addition. They're just yeah. tacking on this to do list. So
2: well, I don't know. The one of the tricky things about this is, you might not know your list of responsibilities until until you check in, and then plus it uses up a lot of your valuable vacation time. Vacation time, exactly. The afternoon of the last day, you're you're cleaning the house. And then you're Maybe we worried should about go back to hotels. Is that's
1: that- what I, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, <laughs> and if you're worried that you're going to get a bad grade as a guest because you didn't clean well enough or you didn't vacuum. I don't know. Lillian, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm staying in an Airbnb in Connecticut when I'm there because the hotel prices have just gone through the roof, but really once you tack on, like, I'm already paying the, the taxes. I'm, I'm paying all sorts of hotel like fees, so I'm not really getting a great deal. And so, no, I don't also want to change the sheets on your bed. I forget Mm -hmm. it. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Okay. if you're there one or two nights, that's really a a lot to ask people. It's a lot.
1: It's a lot. So we're not in on this. I don't know if you disagree or if you've. I just don't think there's any big cost savings, just as you were saying now, because the uh, cleaning fees have all right, gone up. Right. And then if they ask you to do, I don't want to clean someone else's house. Yeah.
0: It. You know, Come and out. it's, again, it's remember how Airbnb started. It was like Uber where it's just supposed to be, oh, people loaning you their couches yeah. and their spare yeah. bedrooms and, oh, we're all in it together. And, oh, this is the way the world should be. And now it's just taxes and fees and demands and expectations. Now they're
1: hotel rooms. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I would rather, yeah, it's, it's kind of. Kind of interesting.
1: Okay. <laughs> Third trend. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know if they have this in LA, um, but the there is a New York grocer, Weg, Wegmans. I think we've all been in a Wegmans store in New York. Mm-hmm. They uh, announced this week that they are ending their self-checkout app. Okay. They developed an app so that customers could go into their stores s- using the app. They could scan, bag, and pay. Okay. Okay. Uh so but what they That sounds felt- so
2: bad. Just just okay, before I even hear what this is about, that just sounds like a terrible way to buy your groceries. But okay, go ahead. <laughs>
1: Well, you're eliminating the whole checkout, uh, Liz. That's what this is supposed to be. And particularly during COVID, where people were really interested in not having a lot of contact with people, that this app, the customer app, seemed like it was really solving a big problem. But here's what Wegmans found out. Instead of scanning, bagging, and paying, they were just grabbing and going. They They were not... There was, there was rampant shoplifting. So uh, much shoplifting yeah. that Wegmans done is not even disclosing what the losses were like, but they have just, people were just taking stuff. That's not right, people. No. No. You've you, okay, like, so never you used like a
2: regular self-checkout line, not an app, but the actual machines. Once you like wave it in front of that machine about six times and it's not beeping, there is that temptation to just throw it in your bag. So that's Liz. <laughs> I have never done it. Liz, I've never done Dolan, it. Me, but you boy. can understand why, if it's not working right, all that stuff. Eh. That's why like- that's
1: when you turn and you ask one of, the, one of the, the checker helper there to help you. You don't just take stuff. No, I know. But if What's you're doing the matter it with, with a map, If you're doing it with an
2: app, Julie, I'm just imagining what I talked about in the previous segment, where then you have to delete the app and start all over again. And that's not really doing anyone any good.
0: Well, anyway. Yeah, I find it unmooring, like to not have to pay a new Amazon Fresh just opened in town. And that's the whole grocery store where you just wander through. I don't even know if you have to scan. I think it you just sort of fire. You just pick up, you know, where the. Put your phone on, turn your phone on, and and then you just walk out the door. That I find that just unmooring. I couldn't do it. It would be be uncomfortable for me. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently a lot of people at Wegmans got very comfortable just grabbing Stealing it it.
0: Stealing, stealing groceries. <laughs> yeah. So okay. anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, here's my art high story this I read in the LA Times a couple weeks ago, and it just kind of stuck with me I thought satellite sisters listeners might be interested in this because it involves the Eagles. Okay, so here here is the cast of characters, a rock and roll biographer named Ed Sanders an A-list art dealer named Glenn Horowitz and the Eagles. All right. The classic seventies rock band whose album Hotel Cali is still the second best selling album of all time. You're kidding. So, no, wow. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, people don't buy albums now. So, and they haven't for a while, but still it's right behind thriller as the second best selling studio album oh. of all time. So uh, here's, here's the situation. At one point in the late seventies, uh, the Eagles wanted to have an exhaustive history done of the band, right? So they hired this young uh, rock and roll biographer, Ed Sanders. He had written for a bunch of different outlets. He'd actually just written a very successful book about the Manson family. Um, and that's how we got to know uh, Glenn Fry, apparently was interested in that topic. And so um, the Eagles hired him to sort of All access, write the book uh, that's going to define the band. And over the course of that time, they shared a lot of things with him, including, you know, notes and papers. And one happened to be the yellow pad that they wrote all the lyrics to the Hotel California album on oh okay so yeah that's pretty it kind of gives you chills when you think yes like that, right? the whole album wow yeah like Not don henley okay don henley was the lyricist and so you know he and glenn fry he said had discussed it conceptually and then he went and wrote all the lyrics to you know it was a concept album so to all the songs and it's on this yellow pad and this writer ed picks it up and uh he works for years on the book like 10 years on the book and by the time he finishes the four volume book on the eagles the band has broken up and they just don't really follow up on the project at all Uh, so what happens is apparently ed just kept all the notes including this yellow pad and for 40 years he held on to the yellow pad of lyrics to hotel california and then i guess ed needed some money so he decided to sell it even though it wasn't really his to sell or no, well, no. no, it wasn't. Julie, that's the league. That's the legal question here.
1: That's so, uh, it. seems like uh, he was grabbing going there, Lynn. There was exactly, no scanning Julie, whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah.
0: He's Liz Dolan in the self-checkout line. <laughs> well, I <laughs> So so he contacts his A-list art dealer, Glenn Horowitz, who has, you know, really one of the best of the best and has, has sold all sorts of important collections back to museums and things like that. He represents uh, estates often. And so he's very well known and very well respected. And uh, they decide to package this up and sell it. But here's the interesting thing. Guess who the, they decide, we'll we'll sell like four pages at a time instead of selling the whole thing. So guess who their first customer is? Don Henley. It's Don Don Henley. Yeah. He, He ends up selling like four pages back to Don Henley and, you know, I'm sure they, with all this like fake made up provenance, I mean, he's selling Don Henley's own work back to Don Henley. Uh, but Don Henley, you know, it's been 40 years. So he doesn't really remember how this guy got his lyrics, but all right, he'll take it. And then they're like, hey, we got four more pages. And that's when Don Henley goes, wait a minute,
1: <laughs> wait wow. a minute, how did
0: you get that? And so he ends up calling the Manhattan DA's office. It's like, hey- I think this guy stole this thing for me, and now he's trying to sell it back to me, which is basically blackmail. And I don't really like it. And apparently, Glenn, uh, apparently Don Henley is very litigious. He enjoys suing people. Oh, He's he sued ton of tons of people, and the DA's office said, yeah. They, they actually have filed criminal charges. He said the manuscripts were stolen by the author. And then according to the DA's press release, he said, despite knowing the materials were stolen, the defendants attempted to sell them, manufactured false providence, lied to auction houses, potential buyers, and law enforcements about the origin of the material. So now you have these like three rather well-known people, the author and two art dealers uh, and an auction house person, all up for um, charges of possessing stolen property and conspiracy.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: This,
0: but is, I think, but, this is a podcast waiting to happen. I know. it I is. It wait. could be quite
1: a tri- trial. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But apparently, you know, Rock and Roll Memorabilia is... People are always yes. fascinated by it. Even the smallest pieces, they there's account after account in this article, and we'll put a link in the show notes to the original LA Times piece. It's full of facts that I'm not getting to here. Uh, you know, people are fascinated by it. It's not even like it was selling for a million dollars. Like the first, you know, sell sale to Henley was 8,500 bucks. Oh. But they just said people want to own a piece of social history, so it has a very high value in terms of you know uh, PR value for the people mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so it's worth it. And that's why they risk, risk things for it, because it's just kind of always fascinating to people.
1: So well, I this just think will be one to watch here now. Lynn. Yeah,
0: yes. I just okay. think it's a lesson to l- learn. I mean, I feel like we should try to fake sell our Satellite Sisters notes <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> about it. Okay. We can pass our original white papers from that original meeting in 1998, 19- the, yes. the flip chart. I still have it up in my closet in the Satellite Sisters archives. I'm not gonna pass it along. Maybe we could get some cash back for those <laughs> notes, you guys.
1: That's Sounds funny. good to me. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: I just true. I haven't seen any sales of podcast artifacts <laughs> out there. Yeah podcast artifact collectors springing up, but it's only a matter of time, Leanne. You are yeah. correct.
0: I mean, we could be the first list. We were podcast yeah. pioneers. So, yeah. okay. Circling yeah. back Ooh, I, And I have some
1: t-shirts from yeah. the very beginning too. Okay. Those coffee are going to be. Coffee stirs. We yes. We've got some coffee stirs and coasters. Uh-huh. We got some good items.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, just think about it, you guys. Think okay. about it. we're looking no for way. a revenue source. Yeah.
1: We don't uh, even
2: need to heist it because we've got it all in our garages yeah. and attics. Okay. Good it's, idea. it's
0: sexy if we pretend it was heisted yes so just yeah yeah so think about that all right and then i just want to do um speaking of art uh uh, let's go back to painting i just want to do a follow-up on uh, the game we played last week guess the paint color (laughs) i have a guess the paint color part de um first of all i want to thank the satellite sisters listeners for coming to my aid I, i told you the story of how we had to guess the paint color in my son's room because we were trying to do some touch-ups or my husband was and we guessed wrong and we ended up having to repaint the whole room it looks better and we love it uh but it was a lot more work now we have another room the office slash former guest room where we moved some artwork around so there are holes in the wall that need to be spackled so we also needed to guess that paint color so i didn't go into that last weekend but we had also bought the wrong paint color twice for that room. So uh,
1: sounds <laughs> so like now, another fun weekend. Yeah, good.
0: Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Big thanks to Marlene and her husband, Steve. They were listening to the show and Marlene commented, uh, her husband is a contractor. So this happens all the time. So he said, next time he suggested removing a light switch or an outlet or cut out a nickel-sized piece of the painted wall. He said most paint stores can scan the color and match it and record all the info, brand, finish, color name, on the back of the light switch. The wow. info is always there, and it won't get thrown away. I thought
1: that was a genius that recommendation, is genius.
0: yeah. So I pass this along to Barrick, and he we, he took the light switch off the wall. We took it to the paint store. They scanned it. They came up with the name of the color, Shaggy Bark. Now here's the deal. We had already tested Shaggy Bark, but we had tested it in the wrong finish. Oh. Barrick had bought like a low sheen, and I'm like, I bought that paint. I think it's eggshell. Uh, he, <laughs> and he kept saying, No, I'm sure. I I'm sure it's lo, you know low sheen. I'm like, No, because I bought the paint hours before we left to take your dog Liz to Reading. Oh. Remember. <laughs> We did that. Sounds like another super fun weekend you were having. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, we we did the cannonball run with Hooper when he had your accident. And while we were gone driving 1,200 miles, my son Colin and I, 600 up, 600 back, Beric painted that room. But he called me at like Friday afternoon and said, go get some paint. And I know there's no way I would have bought exterior low sheen paint for an interior room. No, you would never have done that. No, I was like, trust me, it's eggshell. Sure enough, he bought it, eggshell looks great. Marlene and Steve, hats off to you. Thank wow. you so much. We did it. Shaggy Bark was the name of the color, <laughs> FYI. Okay. <laughs>
1: we'll be sure to comment on it the next time we're
2: in your home.
0: Thank you.
2: That is really a fun name for a pink color too, <laughs> Shaggy Bark.
0: Well, that's why I remembered it, Liz. Yes. When yeah. I guessed the first time, I'm like, oh, I think it's Shaggy Bark. That seems really familiar. And so when it was the wrong finish, it looked much darker. But in the eggshell finish, Looks perfect, okay. Liz. Looks Nailed perfect. it. Nailed it. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and for chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill
2: this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leon. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box. <laughs> what a what a what I'm recommending. The yeah, other way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops.
0: The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash sisters and use code SISTERS to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay, we're back. And oh, I loved
2: the like double diss in the last ad there, SISTERS. <laughs> very, this... very nice, snappy repartee.
1: <laughs> Don't you keep each other on our toes, you know? Yes. Yeah.
2: Good job. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, But you know what? We're going to be together in Dallas in, in less than a month. And that's going to be special, right, Julie? There'll be no double dissing at our Dallas event. Okay, so now we can give you a few more details. We told you to save the date. But Julie, why don't you fill people in? Because you were the producer of this event.
1: Yes, I am. Well, as everyone knows, Leanne has her wonderful book, Lost and Found in Paris. She's coming to Dallas. And I wanted to do something special. And there's probably, there is no place as special as rise restaurant that's r-i-s-e restaurant in dallas this restaurant you step into it and you are transported to france they make soufflés okay lean and liz i know i've taken you there when you've come to dallas mm-hmm. it is the most charming the most french place and uh and i just thought it would be a perfect location to have you know, a book signing for Lian. And lo and behold, uh, Rise, uh, w- the, um, the owner, headed, headed Dowd, read Lian's book. She loved it. And she agreed to host Lian's book signing. So this is quite the thrill that we are going to be doing a book signing on Thursday, October 13th from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, here's the thing that's really key. We're going to post a link, Lian, right? It's posted. Uh, that, it's ready. It's posted. ready to go ready to go. You have to make a reservation for the book signing because it is a small, charming restaurant and it would be get, way too clogged up if you know if everybody came at the same time but what i want to tell to all of our satellite sisters that this restaurant would be an ideal location to come you may want to come for lunch have a souffle get an early reservation and they have lean to you know buy a book and get lean to sign it and then you can put it together they also sell other things uh french things in the rise restaurant so you can put together some great little gifts for the holiday season coming up Or perhaps you want to come a little later. You can do that. Again, have a dessert souffle in the afternoon. Wouldn't that be delicious? delicious? So anyways, it's going to be, Leanne is going to be signing books. I am going to be in the bar. That's where I'm going to be standing, okay? And I'd be happy to meet any of our satellite sisters and we can share a glass of champagne together. How about that?
0: Yeah. This so, sounds so fun. It, it, Julie did a great job because she was just looking to host a small event, but then the woman had to embrace the I, book yes. and, and said, we'd love to have her, which is really unexpected. And they do have an amazing little gift shop. And I had gone there to buy all kinds of gifts for my early readers of the book and send them out, beautiful tea towels and things like that. So I'm just thrilled to be at Rise, but it is a very specific thing. You have to sign up for a slot And then you can either sign up for an early slot or a late slot, but we have the link. It's at leandolan.com slash events. It's in the show notes. We will spread the link around on social media. You do, there are number of slots and you do have to sign up for a specific slot at a specific time this is how they run the events there but as julie said it's a little bit more flexible than the sign up looks right there and then you can linger yeah you
1: can definitely after you meet with leon you can definitely linger sit down have a have a little souffle enjoy your time there so it can be a very nice visit uh uh, with leon with me and at rise um restaurant
0: Yes, so that is October 13th from 3 to 5 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, Big thanks to the team at RISE. They're really doing a fantastic job organizing that. Also confirming October 22nd at Dayton. Uh, In Dayton, Ohio, there will be just an informal 4 to 6 p.m. Satellite Sisters Meetup at the hotel where I'll be staying, the Marriott at the University of Dayton. I'm happy to announce that Carrie got the day off from work, so she'll be there. Satellite Sister Carrie, uh, she had to work for a couple weeks to get that day off. So Carrie, I look forward to seeing you and Debbie and anybody else that wants to be there. Uh, Also at the Pequot Library in Southport, Connecticut on October 27th, and then Long Island, uh east meadow library on october 29th all of these are on my events page the events page has all the links all of the events are slightly different so and most of them involve some pre-registering so um, that's just what i can tell you but if you go to my uh website events page everything's up to date now as i have it but looking forward to that really looking forward to that that is great okay Wow, even I'm tempted to go to
2: Dallas for- You should, you're invited.
0: (laughs) Souffle, souffle
2: action. I mean, the
0: souffles are so good. Yeah, it's, they're extraordinary. It's just so, it's just such a charming restaurant. It's just an honor. I'm just, I'm just looking forward to the whole thing. Yep. Okay. All right, well,
2: it's time for Entertaining Sisters. And I am going to make a podcast recommendation that comes from a book recommendation, and there's a little bit of a backstory here, so hang in with me, but it all has to do with our old friend and former executive producer Corney Cole, okay? So you may have seen in the news last week that Oprah just announced her new book club pick, and the title of the book is That Bird Has My Wings, and it's by Jarvis J. Masters. It was originally published in 2010, and uh, Bajarvis has been a prisoner at San Quentin since 1981. And while in prison, he's written several books, um, he's become a Buddhist, his whole life has changed, and so he's had quite a few things published. So this book is something that Oprah read a while ago, but now has decided she wants to focus some attention on it. And the reason is, while he was in prison for armed robbery, which he freely admits that he did, Jarvis was convicted of conspiracy to murder a prison guard in 1985, and he was sentenced to death in 1990. Uh, And because the case was about a correctional officer, he was in solitary confinement um, for 21 years, 1985 to 2007. He has always insisted that he is Uh, not guilty of this crime. He was convicted. They said they know he didn't kill the prison guard, but he was convicted for allegedly having created the weapon. Anyway, while on death row, he became a Buddhist, and he became very friendly. If you know Oprah World, you may know of her friendship with Pema Chodron. She's an American, Tibetan, Buddhist, and nun. Well, Pema is also very good friends with our friend and former executive producer, Corny Cole. And so that's how Corny came to know Jarvis and his story. So my recommendation is that if because you read Oprah's book picks, if you read That Bird Has My Wings and want to go deeper into Jarvis's story, Corny created a whole podcast series about it. It's actually two seasons that covers him, his childhood, his case, and many of the people who have grown to love and support Jarvis. And the name of that podcast series that Corny created is Dear Governor. And the reason all of this is back in the news uh, is because next month, Jarvis has his first federal hearing to overturn his conviction. So there's just been a lot of energy and a lot of scrutiny around this case recently. So there you go. I know it's a long way to go. The name of the book is That Bird Has My Wings. And the name of Corny's um, really good uh, podcast series is Dear Governor. Okay.
1: Did I get that okay, Sister? I think yeah, did you a good did. Job. Very I clear. Did Very clear. Yes. Yeah. Corny's well. podcast is excellent. So. Yeah,
2: and you know, and hats off to Corny because she's one of the people that's been out there sort right. of advocating on Jarvis's behalf all this time, along with Pema Chodron, and he has a whole law firm that is doing his um, his appeals. So there are a lot of people that have been supporting Jarvis for many years, and now it's kind of coming to a crescendo.
0: Well, as we saw yesterday with the serial case, yes. you know that right. it, things can turn around. New evidence can exist. Uh, all all kinds of things can change if people take another look at the case.
2: Yeah, that serial case is really amazing. It's amazing to see him to see him walk out the door yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable.
1: Okay, there you go. OK, on a very different note, I, you know, if you're like me now that the uh, funeral is over and are wondering, well, what do I do now? You know, you don't want to go back to regular life. Uh, I have a way to transition. And that is with the 10th, 10th. Um, this is the 10th year of the Great British Baking Show. So there's a new season. It just dropped got all your favorites are back paul hollywood is there prue is there it's on netflix uh you know the format you know how wonderful it is uh they've got a whole new group of bakers um you know and and it's it was uh, the first, I watched the first show and it just was very comfortable. You know, you're comfortable to be back. It feels good. It doesn't feel repetitive. Um, you know, I, you feel like this is really going to be a good season. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, now, because I've watched all the previous seasons, I can I can look at the bakers and predict which ones are going down fast. Uh, but I did want to share with the group um, that I think Janus is going to go all the way that's what oh. that's, he is my he is my pick for season 10 to win best baker because uh you know well he cries which i love and i cried when he cried and i think he brings a, a precision uh oh. to his baking that is going to appeal to the judges okay, okay we'll so see his
2: showstopper really show stopped you okay yeah
1: yes Liz yes okay so it's back get on it it may help you transition from the beautiful funeral into into the real world or not the Mm -hmm. real British world yes (laughs) one thing I like
0: about that show is they don't try to fool the viewers because very often Julie you can tell really from the first episode like Oh, that person really knows how to bake. Like there's not, yeah. you know, it's top chef and stuff. They kind of bait and switch you a little
1: bit. You don't really feel that with the great, there's not a lot of guile with the great British. No, British no, no, no. A- Anything could happen and everything has to happen. That's why it's hard to, hard to predict. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right. I want to recommend a really fun book. Uh, it has again, not a light title killers of a certain age by uh, queen mystery writer, Deanna Rayborn. And it's fun for this group. I think in particular, Liz, it made me think of your birthday show um, because this is about a group of 60 year old female assassins. Okay? Oh, I like it. <laughs> so oh, that, that you gives your the- life a mission. Yeah. Okay. So they've been working for this organization called the museum. And uh, they think they're being sent off on a retirement cruise but not so fast and things start to turn and all of a sudden they're back in the game these four women who have spent 40 years as professional assassins working with each other and uh, the characters are really fun they pop off the page you're jet setting all over the world to fun locations oh that it's sounds good yeah julie i think you would love it part of it is set in new orleans so that's a lot of fun but the whole premise of the book is like the is, plays with the idea that when women are middle-aged they disappear in society. Well, if you're yes. an assassin, that's a good thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> so he right. kind of turns that metaphor upside down. So I really enjoyed it. Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn is the name of the book. Okay. It sounds also, Lynn, like they are wily veterans. They are wily veterans. Too. Yes. yes. yes.
1: And Do they need a fanny pack, Liam? <laughs> because uh, our sister Liz can, can set them make up. Them.
0: And how to make them. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I mean, I won't go into it too deep, but that's the point is that they have sort of human skills as opposed to the new technology skills that you know, these new, uh, new spots. They're not wearing iPhone watches, right? Right. Right. (laughs) Because they're old school and old, it helps them. So that's, uh, older, not old at 60. So anyway, it's a lot of fun killers of a certain age. All right. Um, you know, you may have noticed last week, you got no pep talk, even though I was talking up a storm last week. Here's the thing. I am really on deadline to finish my next novel. And I I just, I was just on a roll last week, so I couldn't write pep talk, but guess what? You're going to get a double issue. Double this issue. It's almost all written Ooh. already. It's so that's coming out this Friday, a uh, double issue of pep talk. And then I am going to take the next week off because I, again, I'm on deadline. Uh, but so, but you'll have my witchy book list in here, this book list. I have some recipes, a little uh, essay. I have some, some fun to-do list items. So a uh, double issue of pep talk. If you haven't signed up for that, please do. Um, you just go to satellitesisters.com and a pop-up sheet will um, will come on two or three seconds into your visit and just uh, fill your name and email in. Okay, looking forward to that.
2: Well, you know, I often mention how much we love it when you rate and review our show. Whether you listen on Apple, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever, uh, it does help us. But we got a super Duper International Review <laughs> this week. And I'm just going to say, I'm get, about to read you the review. Uh, the headline is, you really can't get any more Swedish than this, sisters. So here's what, uh, here's what the review says. Love all of you. Five stars. Great podcast. Been listening for years. Never get tired of you. Great content and lovely voices. At the moment, building Eket. From IKEA in my apartment in Stockholm. I really appreciate your company. Feels like you are cheering me on. Love, Glotter 7676. So, a Swedish listening listener building IKEA furniture while she's listening and reviewing our show? <laughs>
1: That's just, perfect.
2: Yeah, it would have been maybe, she, maybe she's also eating a meatball and she didn't bother to tell us. But. <laughs> Anyway, this was super specific, lovely review. Thank you so much. Anyone who ever wants to just share your thoughts about the show um, on whatever podcast app uh, you use, uh, we really love it when you do. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you too to Sergio Enriquez, our engineer Thank you, and editor. Thank you so much, Sergio, for putting the show all together for us. Thank you to our graphic designer, Emily Loudermilk, who uh, does the great graphics. If you want to see Emily's work, you can follow us on Instagram at Sat Sisters or subscribe to Pep Talk. We always use her fun graphics there. A big thanks to the ad sales team at True Native. Also, a big thanks to our sponsors for supporting our show. It really does make a difference that you support our sponsors. So thanks to you too, the Satellite Sisters listeners, Uh, it makes it possible for us to do the show, and we appreciate it. Um, Big to do Uh, uh, first, I want to wish a very special birthday to a longtime Satellite Sisters listener, Josie Pina. Hi, Josie in Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. She is turning seventy-five this week.
1: Excellent. Uh,
0: Her daughter, Robin, messaged me uh, on Facebook to let me know that it would be great if I could wish her mom happy birthday. So happy birthday to you, Josie. I am Josie's Facebook friend. So I've been stalking her on Facebook. And Josie has a fine time up there in Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. She looks like she has a lot of fun, loves her family, and loves strawberry cheesecake. And those are all fantastic (laughs) things. Happy birthday, Josie. Very good. (laughs) <laughs> well, and another very international
2: listener. So we enjoy it. Yes, yeah. thank you.
1: Okay, well, speaking of birthdays, you know what's on my to-do list is to cook up a present for our sister, Sheila. Now, unlike all the other siblings where, you know, birthdays aren't that big in our, our family and that you know many times it's quite acceptable as a sibling to send a card, to send a text of, of birthday wishes, but that's not true for Sheila, right? I mean, (laughs) Sheila has expectations uh, about her birthday and what others should do to celebrate her birthday. So um, she's having a birthday at the end of the month. And uh, that's what I'm going to work on this week.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I also have a birthday to-do, but also, when I, you know, I saw Sheila last week, and she had a birthday gift for me. So the good thing about she, it goes both ways with Sheila. She yes. Joy's getting a gift, and she's good at giving gifts. So, so thank you, Sheila. Um, Okay, so my to-do list for the week. Tonight, as I said, here I am on Cape Cod. I'm going to visit our oldest brother, Jim. We don't mention Jim very often on the show. We often mention... His children, Megan and Catherine. Uh, but it was also Jim's birthday last week. His birthday is the same as mine. Jim also had a major milestone birthday. Mm-hmm. He's the oldest of all the kids in our family, and he turned the big 7L. But what he did on his birthday is not something I will be attempting anytime soon. He rode several mountain stages of the tour de france okay <laughs> so good did. for him good for
1: you jim good that's good for you.
2: for you jim that's what we say happy birthday good for you jim anyway i'm looking forward to seeing jim and his lovely wife mary tonight here on Cape Cod. It's going to be very fun to have a little bit of, you know, birthday celebration for both of us.
0: Oh, great. Say hello. Say hello for us. We'll give them all the best. <laughs> I will do that. All right. We also want to wish our listeners who celebrate a happy Rosh Hashanah this week and sisters have a great week. You, you too, dear. Leanne. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.